Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses and organizations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. So this week, we're going to be talking about something I call the management ugh feel. <laughs> That's uh, It's really difficult to pronounce that because I have to make the ugh, ugh sound uh, continuously. So what it is, is this feeling that you get when you have something very emotionally painful that you have to do. And I think the manage, the manager, the management irk feel is pretty much uh, one of the most difficult things about management. And um, if you take a step back, it's actually sort of one of the more difficult things, I think, of adult life. Um, you probably have experienced this if you have, you know, been an adult. I mean, if you have been a manager for any period of time, there are probably certain activities or difficult or conversations that are difficult to have. Uh, for example, when you need to fire someone, that's a really difficult thing that you have to pull off as a manager. Uh, or if you have to talk to a colleague, uh, if the colleague is being problematic or is causing, you know, consistent uh, performance problems or consistent uh, organizational problems to your team for the period of months you know that you eventually have to confront this colleague and this is like this is very very painful very difficult to do uh, and of course you know the the situation that i think most of us are familiar with is when you have to have a difficult conversation with your boss uh, and, and and this is like true at when you were an employee as well uh, i mean an ind individual contributor as well but now that you're a manager it becomes even more important that you can uh, go and have these difficult conversations because now the output of and you know the well-being of an entire team depends on you so in many cases, uh, the management ugh feel uh, exists because you hate thinking about it so much that it's almost like a form or a you know a form of procrastination. Uh, you hate it so much that your brain throws up this deflector shield or this ugh feel around the topic so that your brain doesn't even uh, think about the issue. Every time your attention drifts to this difficult topic, it's almost as if your brain just sort of cringes away and flinches like a hand away from an open flame. And it's pretty logical that your brain does this because your brain is a very powerful tool and what it does when it throws up an ugh feel around a difficult topic is that it's trying to protect you from some deep pain, right? From some difficult situation where you can truly mess up your relationship with your colleague or your uh, subordinate that you have to fire or even with your manager. Uh, and, and, and the solution, which isn't very uh, logical or rational, is your brain tries to tell you, don't think about this, right? Go, go think about something else. It's not a problem. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to have the difficult conversation. You can go and look somewhere else and pretend that it's going to resolve itself naturally. But of course, we know that this wasn't true when you were an individual contributor. This isn't true when it comes to your life. And it's doubly true uh, when you are a manager because now that if you don't take action on these kinds of difficult decisions and difficult conversations, that's going to affect more than just you. It's going to affect everybody that you're responsible for. So what is, you know, what's the approach that you can take here? Um, I, I find that uh, when you are dealing with a management ugh feel, when your brain uh, inadvertently 
things about the topic hidden behind the erg field, uh, what would happen is that your brain would begin to throw up excuses. So, for example, it, your brain might say, oh, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to fire John. Uh, you can give him, he's such a nice guy. You can uh, give him another a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance, you know, another opportunity to prove himself. Uh, when it comes to your colleague, you'll be like, oh, you know, you don't really have to talk to Mary, even though Mary's sort of, uh, Mary's team's performance have been negatively impacting your team's performance for the last two quarters it's okay it's not that big you can deal with it and and you know when it comes to difficult conversations with your boss like for example maybe you want to bring up a, a difficult conversation saying that you know this can't continue we can't do overtime work continuously uh, for the for the next you know couple of months we've already been working overtime for the past one month and various members of your team of my team are, are, are going to burn out right and and then your brain immediately says like oh it's okay I think you can deal with it it's all right I think it's not that bad I think they're you know uh, Austin said in in the last one-on-one that he can take it and so you can defer this for another month. Burnout won't happen. They won't quit. Uh, and all these little excuses that your brain just uh, offers up so quickly in order to get you to move your attention elsewhere. Now, the first thing that you need to recognize is that the manager irk feel is an opportunity. It's an opportunity uh, because it's very consistent. Uh, your brain is a very powerful tool and part of that power is its ability to protect you from painful things consistently. And because it acts consistently to protect you from these uh, negative feelings or these negative situations, you can therefore rely on the existence of an erg field to exist as an early warning system to tell you that there's something up here. You know, there's something going on here that you do need to pause, you do need, you do need to slow down and think about. So instead of looking at it as a negative thing, even though it really is a negative thing, right, it prevents you from being logical and for being prepared and thinking about uh, difficult situations and plan for them dispassionately and rationally, right? It is negative in that sense, but it's also positive if you sort of understand it and use it as a consistent uh, and reliable early warning signal for situations that you have to pay special attention. And so my technique is to use the management ug feel to my advantage. Uh, and how I do that is a two-step process. So the first step is to uh, marshal attention um, because you're going to do something really painful, which is to try to destroy or to get past the irk feel that your brain has thrown up around this very painful issue so that you can think about this issue. But that's going to be super painful. So what you, know, you need to do as a first step is you need to marshal your mental resources to be able to do this second painful step of thinking about the thing that is hidden by your irk feel. And the second step is painful introspection. I call this a productive introspection session where you force yourself against all will against all instinct to just focus on the issue that's hidden by, behind the management irk feel. So step one, right? how do you marshal your attention? The technique that I found that works best for me is uh, mindful meditation. So I'm going to describe that, but I, I will say that mindful meditation is a bit more difficult. So one technique that you might want to consider instead of mindful meditation is this idea of box breathing. 
Box breathing was a breathing technique designed for professionals like soldiers or police officers or Navy SEALs uh, to perform to ground themselves and clear their mind and you know sort of steal their nerve right before a, an operation. And how it works is that you center yourself, focus on your breathing, and then you breathe in and count to four. Then you hold your breath with all the air in your lungs for another four seconds. And then after that, you breathe out for four seconds. That means you count slowly, one, two, three, four. And then finally, you know, with no air in your lungs, you pause, you don't draw another breath, and you wait for a further four seconds. So this is called box breathing because each side of a box, it's like one side of a box, right? Four seconds, breathe in, four seconds, hold your breath, four seconds, breathe out, four seconds, hold your breath. And what happens at the end of it, uh, and you're expected to do at least three cycles of this, uh, preferably because each session is like 16 seconds. If you do four cycles of this, it is nearly or it's slightly more than a minute. So what happens at the end of this is that you find that your mind will be grounded. And this is really an easy technique to do, right? Uh, especially compared to mindful meditation, which I'm going to describe next. So box breathing is sort of the easy mode of this, but I find it's not as effective in clearing your mind and centering your attention as mindful meditation. And how I do mindful meditation is basically you find a quiet place to sit down and a comfortable place to sit down, right? And if you can't find a quiet place, then you use you, you use earplugs uh, or headphones and then you play some soothing music, uh, which you can find online. Just Google for like soothing environmental music. So there'll be like the sound of waves or the sound of wind blowing leaves across the pavement or the sound of a like the you know, background noise of a coffee shop. You pipe this into your headphones if you don't have a quiet place in your office. You sit down in a comfortable place and then you close your eyes and, well, you, sorry, you set a timer on your phone for five minutes and then you close your eyes. And what you do during this process is you focus on your breathing, on the feeling of air as it enters your lungs, as it travels from your nasal cavity down, you know, to, to your lungs and fill you up. And then the feeling of the air as it leaves your lungs, as you breathe out slowly, right? The air passing through your nose as it goes back out into the environment. And what would happen almost immediately when you start doing this, if your eyes closed and you're breathing very slow and you're trying to focus on the feeling of the air as you're breathing, is that your mind will begin to throw up all these distractions. It will start, you know, it will, it will start asking you things like, oh, you know what, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Uh, or that uh, I have a meeting, don't I? Tomorrow at 3 p.m. I need to prepare for that. Or, oh, you know, I have this uh, big uh, task and this code review or, or, or this uh, thing that my boss asked me to do that I nearly forgot. I need to go write it down uh, on a piece of paper. Otherwise, I might forget it. And when this happens, and this will always happen, right? Because for some whatever reason, during the working day, your attention will be diffused like a lamp in a room. Uh, and what you need to do is you need to recognize, look at each thought, right? As it comes through your brain and recognize it and then let it go. Uh, push it away gently and focus, bring your attention and focus it back to the feeling of the air as it passes in into your body and out of your body as you're breathing. Uh, and slowly, you know, guide your attention back. Every time you see a thought spring into your head, recognize it, let it go, bring your uh, attention back to your breathing. 
And, and sometimes this is not doable. This is not doable within the five-minute timer that you set. And so what happens is that you need to go and set another timer. I think that's very uh, uh, difficult to do, especially if you're, you're not used to it, but I recommend that you try it. It's only going to take maybe uh, five minutes uh, you can try for five minutes, and if it fails, you know, sometimes I, I have to do three times, which means I have to burn 15 minutes. But in the grand scheme of things, 15 minutes is not that long, right? You can, I can usually find like a moment in my day, maybe before, right before lunch hour, where I have uh, five to 10 minutes to do it. Um, and then what happens after you've done this is that you find that your mind will be clear, that you will feel grounded and able to tackle difficult tasks. And that's when you move on to step two, which is this productive introspection session. And what you do during step two, and this is painful, and really you do need to do the attention marshalling uh, uh, exercise before you do this because this is going to really exert your willpower, uh, uh, is you need to move towards the pain. Um, and so the way I think of it is I, I, I look for sources of pain around that issue that's hidden by the irk field. And then I ask myself, like, for example, when I, uh, had this, I had this incident where I needed to fire a subordinate because nobody liked him. Well, everybody liked him, but his work was terrible. And basically, people were being starting to be very resentful of the fact that they had to cover for him, right? And I had already given him plenty of second chances. It was like more than two months uh, into, into, into his employment. Um, maybe three months even, and I was dragging my feet because it's such a painful thing to fire people. And so I sat myself down, I did the mindful meditation thing for five minutes, and then I started examining uh, and introspecting on why I was putting this off. And immediately I started asking, why do you feel pain? Why are you trying to uh, uh, give yourself excuses from doing what you know needs to be done? And immediately the answers start appearing. But the trick here is to reject the answers that feel uh, comfortable or they feel like they let you off the hook. So for example, I would say, oh, you know, uh, why am I uh, dragging my feet? Oh, because firing is painful. And he's such a nice guy. And he really was such a nice guy. And so my brain would like immediately start to offer all these little excuses that would let me off the hook. But the rule here is go to the pain, right? So if your brain offers you an excuse that is... Uh, you know, that, that makes you feel better, run away from that. Run towards whatever reason or whatever uh, examining thought makes you uncomfortable, gives you pain, right? Because what happens when you examine the pain and you go towards the pain and let it fill your mind, uh, like pressing salt into a wound, is that it eventually loses its power to harm you. It loses its power to cause fear and pain if you just examine it and stare it right in the face. And that's why you can see that, you know, it's necessary to marshal your attention before you do this because it's so tiring to do that. And eventually what happens if you do this process long enough, you keep going to the pain, looking for it and let it fill your mind, is that it will eventually lose its power over you and the management irk feel around that issue will dissolve. So... With that, uh, we're going to run out of time for this podcast, but I hope uh, that you can go out and try this. If you have any issue uh, that you are avoiding, uh, remember this: these techniques. Uh, you should probably try and practice the marshalling attention right now, even though you don't have any management irk feel that you're trying to avoid, um, so that later when that uh, difficult situation comes, you know that there is a technique for dealing with it, and you know that you can do it and not let the people who depend on you down. All right. With that, that's it for this week. Cedric out.